0: Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Jonah Saller Show. I'm your host Jonah Saller. For those of you who do not know me, I am an entrepreneur and owner of Frontline Strength. I've decided to entitle today's episode Growing in Your Faith because I think this is a topic that can get a little misconstrued, get a little messy. And I think it's a very, very, very important topic for a Christian believer to understand how to grow in their faith and what that means and what it doesn't mean. So basically, we'll get straight into this. We're going to start out just kind of talking about how I would define growth in the Christian life. And I I should restate that, how I believe God's word defines growth in the Christian life. Because again, when I communicate this stuff, I don't want it to be my words. I'm really, really trying hard to allow the Spirit to speak through God's Word and allow that to do the talking. So we're going to let God's Word define what growth is in the Christian life and contrast that with the right way. We're going to contrast the right way in seeing growth versus the wrong way. And so I'm going to highlight some different passages. And the first passages we're going to highlight are talking about what growth really isn't and the kind of growth that is already done, the kind of growth that has already happened, And the kind of growth that I think a lot of Christians still think that they're in, even though it's already finished. So let's start in Ephesians chapter 2 verses 4 through 7. It says but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses made us alive together with Christ by grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Jesus Christ so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Jesus Christ or in Christ Jesus Um, So, I think the the key phrases in that passage are dead to alive, right? So, we were dead, and now we are alive. And then the other one is the word seated. Seated us with him in the heavenly places, because seated is past tense, meaning that when we receive salvation, that has already happened. You are already sealed if you're in Jesus Christ and you are seated with him in the heavenly places. And then the last part that I think is really important is in Jesus Christ. We are seated with him in Jesus Christ. So keep those terms in mind. That that shows a very uh, completed, finished work, right? In Ephesians 2, 18 through 20, it says, For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. So this, again, it highlights that we are in one spirit with the Father. One spirit, again, a unified completeness, and that we are members of the household of God. I just, just even just sit and Process that for a second. Members of the household of God. That is that is unbelievable and just so incredible. And then to top it all off, Christ Jesus himself is the cornerstone of all that. The only reason we're one spirit to the Father, the only reason we can be called members of the household of God is because Christ Jesus himself is the cornerstone in which that takes place. In Second Peter 1, Verses 3 through 4, it says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. So again, I think it's very important to look at the words and see the past tense in them right his divine power did what it has granted to us has past tense granted to us all things all things is another very important thing so again it it reflects a completed work we have been granted past tense all things by which, and by his own glory and excellence, by which he has, again, past tense, has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped, past tense, from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. So I think that these are all illustrating something very, very similar, and then we're going to highlight pretty much everything that we just read Um, by reading 2 Corinthians 5, 17, which says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So again, we're going to highlight in Christ there. We are new creations in Christ. So seeing that, I I really want you to grasp the finished nature of, of your uh, of your your salvation salvation is completed 100% by Jesus Christ. And I think a lot of Christians we know that, we say that, but we don't act like it. We we sometimes define our growth in our faith as continuing in, in some sort of progressive almost almost this progressive I'm I'm not good enough yet. I got to keep getting better and better and better. So let let's let's put it this way. This is an analogy I've given before. A lot of Christians view themselves on a journey to a destination. We view ourselves traveling on a journey to try to reach a destination. And the destination would, for a lot of people, be, well, to be perfect like Christ. You know, I want to keep trying to be as Christ-like as I can. And so I'm on this journey to get there. Well, let me tell you, you are already as Christ-like as you could be because you are in Christ Christ. You are seated with him in the heavenly places. These are all past tense things. So you're not trying to get to Christ likeness. You're not trying to reach a destination. You've arrived at your destination. You are a completed work. You have arrived there. And so Christians need to stop viewing themselves on a journey to get somewhere. And they need to start viewing themselves as already there and bouncing right off that point of understanding that we're all we've already arrived at our destination we're already there we can start getting into what growth actually means because the bible talks a lot about growth so we can't overlook it so now let's read some verses verses that talk about growth and let's see what kind of growth we are called to have as believers Starting in 2 Peter 3:18, it says, "But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and the day and to the day of eternity. Amen." In Colossians 1, 9 through 10, it says, And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, talking to the Colossian believers, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. In 1 Peter 2, verses 2 through 3, it says, Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. In Colossians 2, 6 through 8, it says, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. And then I think the second part of the passage, starting in verse 8, is very important uh, to clarify again what growth means. So in verse 8 it says, See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ so going back and looking at these verses, let's highlight some of the words. So in 2 Peter, it says to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So again, the source, the crux of what we're growing in is Jesus Christ. And we're to grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So how do, how do we grow in grace? Well, again, it's in understanding. We've been given something so powerful Paul says that grace is what we use to fight sin, not law. You, you are equipped to fight sin because you are not under law but under grace. That's what Paul says. So we need to stop viewing grace as a means to forgiveness, a means to stand in front of God, but also the power to live a holy life, right? So growing in grace means growing in our understanding of something that we possess, And what's going to take place when we grow in an understanding of something we possess? Well, if grace equips us to fight sin, we're going to get better and better at fighting sin, the more that we grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. So what does it mean to grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Well, the more you know about who you are in Christ, the more you understand what he did for you, the more and more you're going to find the fruits of the Spirit growing within you out of just pure joy and understanding who Jesus is to you. Again, then Colossians 1, 9 through 10, it says that that they prayed, asking them to be asking the Colossian believers to be filled with the knowledge of His will. Knowledge of His will. What is the will? Well, in John 14, or not 14, sorry. John 6, I want to say. I don't have it right in front of me. But in, in John 6, I believe it's John 6, uh, the disciples ask Jesus and say, what what should we be doing to be doing the will of the Father? And Jesus said, the will of the Father is this, to believe on him whom he has sent. So what is the will of the Father? It's to believe in Jesus Christ. So what is growing in the knowledge of his will? Growing in the knowledge of the belief of Jesus in Jesus Christ growing in the knowledge of what that means in your life what that means to you you've been what made one with his spirit we read all those verses about what growth doesn't mean right we've been completed we've been finished we've been seated in heaven with Jesus Christ so what does it mean to grow in the knowledge of his will it means to grow in our understanding of those things which in turn is going to transform our lives in Peter, it says, like newborn infants long for pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation. I, I think that's a, this This verse is so cool, right? The word actually grow up is in there, and, and to, they, he uses newborn infants as the image, right? One analogy I heard from a pastor that just uh, it sticks with me to illustrate growth in the Christian life is this. Take a sapling oak tree. And then take a 150-year-old oak tree. Which one is more mature? Now, the obvious answer, if you're listening, is the the 150-year-old oak. Of course. 150 years is is much older than a sapling. Now I'll ask you the question, which one is an oak tree? Both, right? Well, both are oak trees. Both are equally oak. 100% oak. But one of them has had... Longer time to mature in their oakness, right? That, that, that tree did not become a, a more oak as he grew, but he matured in something he already was. And it's no different in our Christian life. We are all, the moment that we receive salvation, we become fully, fully, fully righteous, fully slaves of righteousness, completely dead to sin, completely alive to God, And the believer who's believed for a day versus the believer that's believed for 70 years, both of them are equally righteous before God through Jesus Christ. But based on the amount of time that transpires in our life, we can grow in an understanding of that reality. And through an understanding, a deeper understanding of that reality, It's going to shape us and mold us and we're going to learn, we're going to grow, we're going to, our behaviors are going to change. It's going to happen as a natural outcome of growing in the understanding and knowledge of God. Right? Like newborn infants, we are to long for pure spiritual milk. And when you receive the Spirit, it just happens. And you begin to grow up into your understanding of salvation. And I love that he, he ends with, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Because somebody who has not tasted that is not going to long for the pure spiritual milk. But somebody who has tasted that the Lord is good, they're not going to be able to stop craving it. Another thing that I think is really cool is in Colossians 2, 6-8, when it's talking about growth again, it says, therefore, as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, so walk in him. It uses the words, walk in him. And if we go back to the earlier verses, what does it say? It says that we have been raised up and seated with Christ in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Right? So we we didn't put ourselves in Christ Jesus. Who did? God. God, being rich in mercy, made us alive and seated us with him. In Christ Jesus so if we go back down and it says so walk in him well we're already we're already there we're already in him so now it's just about meditating on being in him allowing the reality of being in him to transform our lives allowing the reality of the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus to transform our attitudes and our actions he has made us new we, all are, we are already seated with him. We are already have gone from slaves of sin to slaves of righteousness. So now we need to walk in that reality. Walk in the reality that we are in him and he is in us. Walk in the reality that we are abiding in him and he is abiding in us. It's so freeing. So ultimately, ultimately, we are to align ourselves with Jesus Christ. Paul says, to live is Christ, to die is gain. And I think that's so important to grasp as Christians. As believers, we need to understand that there is no greater calling in life than to meditate on what we have in Jesus Christ and allow the reality of that. I, I mean, how often do you sit down and realize that you were damned to eternity in hell? That you were completely alienated from god that his standard of holiness there there's no way no way for you to reach that i think sometimes we give ourselves a false impression of how righteous we are we are so sinful by nature when you are born you are sinful there is no hope for you there is no hope for you it doesn't matter how well you live it doesn't matter how righteous you think you are it doesn't matter if compared to "Quote unquote, everyone else, you are a good person." In Isaiah, he says, "You know, our righteousness is 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 like filthy rags compared to the Lord and His standard." How's that, filthy rags? So when you when you realize that, when you understand that, it makes it so abundantly clear and so incredibly important. As to why meditating on what Christ has done is the ultimate goal as a Christian. I think some people might get bored by this because all I do is talk about what we have in Christ, who we are in Christ, our identity in Christ. And they're like, "Okay, okay, that's great and all, but let's let's talk about, you know, how to how to live the good Christian life. Let's talk about obedience. Let's talk about this. Let's talk You're missing the point if you want to talk about anything other than Christ. Because the reality is, if you're not talking about Christ, you're not talking about the source in which you're going to live your Christian life. If you're talking about anything other than Christ, you're looking to other things to complete you instead of the completed work of Jesus Christ, which already did it. If we are to truly grow as Christians in our Christian life, we need to understand and realize that there is no growth outside of meditating and growing in our understanding of who we are in Christ, we went from sinner, completely damned to hell, completely righteous and justice. Right? Are are it was it was completely just and completely right of God to damn us to hell? We went from that extreme to now being called children of God. We are, we, are, we are one spirit with the Father, members of the household of God. We are seated in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We were dead and we are alive. He has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. We have escaped from the corruption that is the world because of sinful desires. Do you see the source, the root of all of this is Jesus Christ? I know I'm being repetitive right now, but this is so important for Christians to grasp. So important. Because if we do not grasp the reality of where we were and where we are now in Jesus Christ, we are never going to fully feel complete and content and resting in who he has made us. Transformation in the Christian life, when people talk about obedience, when they talk about changing your behavior, when they talk about sinning less and and living more righteously, if we're not directing the focus and the source to Jesus Christ, How are we ever going to expect to live a more righteous life? You have no power. You're sinful in your own strength. You've got to recognize that Christ took you from dead to alive. He implanted you with his spirit. And now the spirit lives within you, guiding you, teaching you, correcting you, rebuking you, training you. And what's beautiful about the Holy Spirit, what's beautiful about God, I mean, three persons, right? It shows... His love for relationship. God is a relational God. And he has given each believer his Holy Spirit so that we can commune with one another and encourage and challenge and sharpen each other. All with the Holy Spirit doing the work. Growth in the Christian life is aligning ourselves with Christ and holding on to that that very important promise. Which is to live as Christ, to die as gain. And yes, I use the word promise because it's a promise. We don't need to fear death. To die is gain. Gain means to get something. Gain means something better, right? To die is to be in a better place. To die is, to be, is a positive for a Christian. While we're living this life, it is all Christ. It has to be. Otherwise, you have no purpose. And when you die, man, you're just basically being released from the flesh. So you can finally live. So the last thing that I wanna I want to talk about in this podcast is that some people define growth as doing everything that Jesus said. And the reason they fall into this trap is like I just said, right? We're to align ourselves with Christ, we're to meditate on Christ. And so people start saying, Okay, well, that means doing everything Jesus said. After all, James said to be a doer of the word, right? And so again, I I, I want to clarify. That gets taken out of context so much. When James talks about being a doer of the word, he is not talking about doing everything that the Bible says in a literal sense as if that is the, the path to holiness and righteousness. In the original Greek language, the word doer literally translates as performer, right? Performer. And word literally translates as the divine expression, the same exact verbiage that Paul uses to describe Jesus when he talks about in the beginning was the word. And so literally, be a doer of the word translates as be a performer of the divine expression. Be a performer of Christ. Be the embodiment of Christ because he dwells within you. Do not just hear the word, believe the word, and allow it to transform you, in other words. So too many people turn this into a legalistic, keep a list of your works, and do, 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 do. When in reality, James is trying to tell you to allow the living God who dwells within you to take over. Do not hear it, but allow the Holy Spirit to enter you and transform you. Be led by the Spirit, not by the flesh, right? So... The other Going back to doing everything that Jesus said, right? When people say that, I've, I want to just ask them, have you ever read John chapter 20 and John chapter 21? Because there's something in there that's going to be very, very, very difficult to swallow if that's your mentality that I'm supposed to do everything that Jesus said. Listen to this, John 20, verses 30 through 31. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Wow. In John twenty-one twenty-five, it says, Now there are also many other things that Jesus did. Were every one of them to be written, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. So, with those verses being read, a believer who thinks that their job is to do everything that Jesus said is going to come to a very, very startling reality. That we don't even know everything that Jesus said. We don't even have everything that Jesus said and did, right? Paul, uh, John literally says that if everything was to be written about what Jesus did and said and everything, the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. So there's a lot that we don't know. And so some believers might start panicking going, oh my goodness, well, w- w- am I missing something? Go back to 31, verse 31 of John 20. John says... But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life. Listen, the purpose of the Bible, from Genesis all the way to Revelation, is not to tell you every detail about God, is not to tell you every detail about Jesus' life, is not to tell you every detail about the history and... It's not there to tell you everything. The purpose of the Bible is to point to Jesus Christ as your salvation, as your life. And John makes that very clear. Jesus did many other signs. The world couldn't contain the books that would be written. But it's not about everything that Jesus did. It's about what he ultimately came to do, which is to die. And that has been recorded. And that is what needed to be recorded. That is what God wanted to be recorded. That is what God ordained to be recorded. Listen, every single book in the Bible, Genesis to Revelation, is just God showing his sovereign hand, paving the path for salvation for the entire world so that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So again, growth is not doing everything that Jesus said. Growth is is not chasing some destination trying to eventually get there. Growth is understanding what we have in Christ, understanding that we have arrived and everything we need, we have. And then growing and maturing in that. Again, you can be a sapling or you could be a 150-year-old oak. Either way, it does not change the fact that you are completely 100% oak. So now, grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and allow the truth of who he has made you, the truth that he is bonded to you, the truth that we are members of the household of God, the truth that Jesus Christ is the cornerstone The truth that we have been seated in heaven in Jesus Christ. The truth that we were dead and God has made us alive with Christ. Allow that to transform you as you continue to meditate and grow in that wisdom and truth. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode. If you found it helpful, leave a comment, give me some feedback. I really love making these, and uh, I, I've especially, uh, I, I kind of started out making these podcasts with kind of a mixture between uh, the physical strength, the mental strength, as well as the spiritual strength, but I, I found, I, I started a TikTok a little while back, and it's been growing rapidly, I have over 150,000 video views on there, nearly 3,000 followers, and um, And I make 60-second videos on there just preaching the gospel, uh, taking parts of the Bible that maybe are difficult to understand and dissecting the context. And uh, I have loved growing and studying God's Word. It has been amazing for me. And I've, I've really found a massive passion in teaching and talking to other people. And one of the questions I got on TikTok this week was, Jonah, you talk all about how you can't get any closer to God than you are right now through Jesus Christ. So if we're already as close to God as we can get, how do we grow in the Christian life? What does growth even mean? And so it really inspired me to make this podcast. And the more that I make these podcasts talking about spiritual things, the more I realize this is exactly what God wants me to do. And so uh, this podcast is pretty much going to be exclusively um, spiritual-themed Messages. I'm going to be taking parts of the Bible, talking about different topics, all about understanding the Word of God better. And if you have not checked out my blog yet, I encourage you to do that. I started a blog, and both The Jonah Saller Show and The Grounded Blogger are both going to be kind of subsets of Frontline Strength. They're within Frontline Strength, but they're kind of entities all to themselves, where I spend more time being a little more personal, allowing you to get to know me a little bit better um and again it's going to be talking about the bible understanding the bible and ultimately pointing people towards jesus christ because through him and through him alone is the path to life you can't have it any other way and so i would be doing a disservice if i were to talk and point you any other direction except to to him so again thank you so much for watching this stay tuned for more episodes i drop a new podcast every single friday I hope this uh, you got a lot out of this, and I will talk to you all next time.